The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> the makers of Johnson's Wax for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. <laughs> Remember when your kitchen linoleum was brand new? You probably got a big thrill out of it, and you decided that you were certainly going to take good care of it. Well, have you? Does it still look almost new? It would if you had begun right away to protect it with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Because when you apply glow coat to linoleum, you're putting down a tough shield that protects the finish against wear and dirt and moisture. The thin, invisible film of glow coat itself takes the wear, and the surface underneath is safe. That's why the regular use of glow coat makes linoleum last six to ten times longer. And even if your linoleum isn't new, you can greatly lengthen its life, besides keeping it sparkling and beautiful, with easy-to-use glow coat. Of course it's easy to use because it needs no rubbing or buffing. You simply apply glow coat and let it dry. Conservation begins at home. In fact, it begins in your own kitchen the very first time you use Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Well, there are big plans being made at 79 Wistful Vista this week. There are plans afoot to be on horseback. Because the squire and his lady are going to work on a ranch this summer. Out in the Great West, where if you give a crook enough rope, you'll be minus a cow. <laughs> and here at home, discussing the near future, we find Fibber McGee and Molly. wonder if ranching isn't going to be rather hard work for you, dearie. That cowboy stuff is pretty strenuous, you know. Oh, not for me. I know my way around a corral like the back of my hand. Remember, I worked on Uncle Sycamore's ranch out in Montana for years. Your Uncle Sycamore? Sure, you remember me telling about Uncle Sycamore, one of the great cattlemen of the Old West. Oh, dear. Rancher, gunman, horse thief, rustler, and marshal. <laughs> a low character in high heels. <laughs> Yeah, a half-pint brain in a ten-gallon hat. <laughs> Whatever happened, Uncle Sycamore? Well, it was quite a tragedy. He was head man at a public function, and the platform gave way under him. <laughs> Unfortunately, he had a rope around his neck at the time, and it killed him. Very romantic. I never knew he had a ranch of his own, though. Oh, sure he did. He called it the running W bar J split wire rock and chair diamond star two hash knife X. How did he ever get all that brand on one cow? Well, the idea was that any critter he found running loose on the range, he could make the brand fit his one way or the other. Yeah, started with one steer and worked it up to the biggest herd in Montana. <laughs> I begin steer. to see why that platform gave way. Mm -hmm. The old coyote was sure full of larceny, weren't he, partner? <laughs> yeah, sure was, gal, and proud of it. <laughs> Had three sons and named them all Russell. <laughs> Uh, old Sycamore had him quite a ranch. Run from the top of Montana down to the Mexican border. You don't say. Yeah. Clear across Wyoming, Colorado, and New Mexico? 
My gosh, are all those states in between? Why, sure. <laughs> I thought it seemed an awful long ride back to the bunkhouse. <laughs> bunkhouse is right. <laughs> McGee, you know, you have a terrible habit of exaggerating things. Yes, I suppose I have. But there's so little water out there, you develop a kind of a dry sense of humor. <laughs> Ought to be a joke there about a cowboy getting off his horse just to see the reins drop, but I can't make nothing of it, partner. (laughs) (laughs) Don't try, gal. (laughs) Ever tell you about a couple of fresh water springs Uncle Sycamore had on his summer pasture that were so cold the water come up in the form of icicles? No. Sticking 20 or 30 feet in the air? Really? Yeah. Cows would take a run at them, break them off, and kick them around in the sun till they melted. (laughs) McGee, now look, you must learn not to stretch the truth so far. Well, my gosh, you don't want me to be dull, do you? <laughs> Gee whiz, the guy's got to get a little color into his conversation. Yeah, but you overdo it, dearie. Well, I can't help it, Molly. Oh, yes, you can. Honest, I can. Well, then I'll help you. Hmm? Every time you start going haywire with the facts, I'll pinch you or kick you in the shin. Oh, go on, you can't kick that high. <laughs> I said shin. Oh, so now you watch yourself after this. I don't mind a little amusing story now and then, but when you really start exaggerating... Like... Oh, hi, Alice. Hi, Mr. McGee. Hi, Mrs. McGee. Have you decided what you're going to do this summer? Yes, yes, we're going out on a ranch out west, Alice. It's a kind of a combination ranch and farm, Alice. I'm an expert both ways. Oh, really, are you? Oh, sure, I'm an expert. Hmm. Why, when I was only 13, I was raising prize-winning watermelons. Used to raise melons that were 10 and 12 feet long. Ouch. <laughs> Two inches thick. <laughs> Used to slice them like cucumbers. <laughs> did you kick him, Mrs. McGee? <laughs> yes, I did, Alice. We have an agreement now. Every time he starts to exaggerate too much, I'm to snap him out of it. Oh. So don't pay any attention to yeah, him. Don't you worry about it, Alice. I'm the guy with the broken leg. <laughs> <laughs> but, Criminy, what do you know about ranching, Mr. McGee? Worked for several years on my Uncle Sycamore's ranch in Montana, Alice. He paid me 50 a month and found. What does and found mean? Well, that means he paid McGee 50 a month and found he wasn't worth it. <laughs> See, by the way, Alice, uh, there was a phone call for you. I think it was Paul Weston. Who, him? Uh, he, he wants you to call him. Oh, well, thanks, honey, but I don't think I will. He just wants a date, and I don't think a girl should date a man just to curry favor with him just because he's her foreman at the airplane plant. Should I? <laughs> That's a very sensible attitude, Alice. Mm. Besides, I have a date tonight with the president of the company, son, anyway. <laughs> well, I'll see you before you go. Yeah, okay, Alice. <laughs> Reminds me, McGee. I better go find the trunk keys. Huh? You better start sorting out the clothes you want to take so we'll be ready. Okay. Ah, there goes a good kid. And she's going to love the Old West. Sitting on the porch of the old ranch house. Watching the glory of the dying sun over the snow-capped mountains. Waiting for me to come home from the roundup on account of she can't get her boots off by herself. (laughs) Yes, sir. She's... Come in. Hi, mister. Oh, hi there, little girl. Turn your horse over to one of the hands and light down for a spell. Well, hmm? <laughs> I'm just getting in the mood for this summer, Teeny. Mrs. McGee and I are going out and work on a cattle ranch. Hey, hey, mister. Huh? What's the matter? Why isn't Miss McGee ever here when I come in? Why isn't she? <laughs> well, I don't know, sis. Just a coincidence, I guess. <laughs> oh? 
Doesn't she like little children? Doesn't she? <laughs> Why, sure she does, sis. She loves kids. I'll tell her you were asking about her. Okay. Hey, you know what, mister? No, what, Teeny? School's out. It is? Hmm? I says it is? It is what? School's out. She is or did you pass? <laughs> sure I did. I got A and everything. I'm not talking about my school. I mean yours. Oh. How'd you do this year? Well, well, swell, I bet you. Mm-hmm. I got, I got A's and B's and everything but department. Mm. I flanked in department. <laughs> you don't mean flanked, Tina. You mean flunked. Why? Huh? Hmm? I says you don't mean flanked. You mean flunked. When you flank something, it means you go around the end of it. I know it. Mm-hmm. I always went around the end of the third row and sock Willie Toops with an eraser. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I flanked department. <laughs> oh, I don't think that was very nice. What was the idea of flunking Willie? Oh, I don't know. I guess I was just burned up, mister. Mm. Just yeah. burned up. Yeah? Mm-hmm. He carried Sarah Marshall's books home twice last week, and he's my boyfriend. Oh, now, 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 wait a minute. It's, it's silly to be jealous at your age. It is? Sure. How old do you have to be? Oh, 16 or so. Well, if you think I'm going to let that little two-timer get away with that stuff for nine years before I smack no, no, him no, down. No. Lay off. Don't take things so serious. Was department the only thing you flunked in? Sure. Mm-hmm. I wasn't very good in arithmetic, though, either. Mm-hmm. My teacher says if my daddy doesn't stop doing my homework, I'll never reach the eighth grade, I'll bet you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can understand that. Hmm? I says that's quite apparent. I'll say yes. The best one a girl ever had. Oh, well, I'll see you in October, mister. <laughs> Billy Mills and the orchestra play, I Get a Kick Out of You. sorted out that you want to take with you, dearie? No, oh, but I still got a couple of days. I travel light anyway. All I need on a ranch is a pair of Levi's and a hickory shirt. Get me some boots when I get there and a sombrero. A what? Sombrero, one of them big hats. <laughs> I had one out in Wyoming once that was six feet across the brim. Ouch! <laughs> had a one-inch crown. <laughs> a 
silliest looking hat you ever saw. <laughs> you see how I'm helping you, dearie? Yeah. Before we made this little arrangement, that hat would have been 20 feet across and 9 feet high. Well, as a matter of fact, I did have one hat that was... Probably saved into another contusion. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. Come in. Oh, hello there, Mr. Wellington. Ah, there, Mrs. McGee. Permit me to kiss your hand. Uh... Thank you. <laughs> and McGee, the back of my hand to you. Easy there, stranger. You can't talk that away to me. I riles easy, and when I riles, I comes in a shooting. Now move on, son. We don't cotton to nesters in this valley. We aim to keep it decent for our women folk. I say, old man, what is the meaning of this digression into the blustering blab of the buckskin bravo? Well, he's practicing, Mr. Wellington. Oh? We're going out on a ranch this summer. Going to resume my old career a cowhand, Wellington. Might do a little prospecting on the side, too. Ah, an old desert rat. Or, in this case, leave us, say, mouse. <laughs> I didn't know you'd plan on doing some prospecting, uh, McGee. I guess I never mentioned the fact that I discovered and developed the old Gopher Hole gold mine in western Utah. Well, sir, I'd been riding along looking for mavericks. What's a maverick? My gosh, don't you know what a maverick is? No. Nor I, McGee. What is a maverick? Well, it's a kind of a... Well, let's keep it simple. I was looking for four-leaf clovers. (laughs) All of a sudden, my horse stumbled in the gopher hole and flanged me over his head. But me being an old horseman, I always fell relaxed. In fact, I was so relaxed that by the time I hit the ground, I was sound asleep. Oh. And when I woke up, I had a gold nugget in my hand. Probably an old filling. <laughs> that was the, was the discovery of the gold, <laughs> whole gold mine. Uh, was, it, was it of any value, old fellow? Value? Mm. Why, in three years, we took out more than 17 million... Ah! <laughs> 17 million rattlesnakes and not a grain of gold. <laughs> Worst mining fluke ever recorded. Well, what can we do for you, Wellington? Mm, nothing, my friend. I just dropped in to wish you a pleasant summer. And I hope it will be most enjoyable. Bull? Not at all. I mean that seriously. <laughs> Good day. Oh, dear, I certainly like him, McGee. Who else would drop in just to wish us a nice summer? I wouldn't believe anything that guy says. Remember when the city hall burned down and they were using the back of his theater for a jail? No, what about it? He put up that great big sign that says, Cooler Inside. (laughs) That guy from that time on to this. Hello, folks. Hey, what's this I hear about you going away this summer? Well, it's true, Mr. Wilcox. Going out on a ranch, Junior, and you're just the guy I wanted to see. I am? Why? Have a chair, son. All right. There, sit there. Take his hat, Molly. All right. That's it. Now relax, boy. I want to have a talk with you. Have a cigar? Thanks, I have one. You got two? Thanks. <laughs> Not bad. Now, as you know, my boy, Molly and I will be working out west on a ranch for two or three months this summer. Yes, but what of... A... Get to the point, McGee. Junior, we want you to do something for us. Why? Why, sure, pal. But uh, what do you want? I want you to just to sit back and tell us all about Johnson's car new. Sure, tell us all about it What it does and how does it work and so on You, you, you want me to tell you? Oh, come, boy, don't be frightened We mean it This is our last chance to hear about it for weeks and weeks Yes, but always before, you'd never Oh, let let bygones be bygones, Junior Let us live this moment to the utmost (laughs) Come, tell us again how Johnson's Carnew Brings back the old beauty and luster to discourage jalopies well, it does, of course, Tell us but... how easy it is to apply. How you just spread it on and let it dry and then wipe it off to reveal the brilliant, gleaming finish of the car you didn't know you had. Well, of course, but I didn't come in here of to... Of course you didn't, Junior. You came only to say goodbye for the summer. 
We know that. But we want to hear about Carnu. How it's just a matter of one simple application. How a child of six could do it. And if you hadn't a child of six, how easily you can do it yourself. <laughs> tell us, Mr. Wilcox, tell us. Oh, for goodness sake, this is ridiculous. You're just... I mean... Well, gee whiz, after all these years... He won't talk. I guess he doesn't like us anymore. Oh, but I do, I do. Really, I do. But I just dropped in to say goodbye, and you... Well, I never expected to... Oh, I must be dreaming. I'm going home and wake up. <laughs> now, the poor kid is utterly confused. Utterly. Well, he'll have all summer to calm down. Yeah. Incidentally, I'm surprised he doesn't go out west. He used to be quite a polo player and horseman. Well, he gave up polo for croquet. Same game, but slower, and you got no feed bill. <laughs> Say, we won't have much of a feed bill ourselves if we get our room and meals this summer. Oh, that's one of the... Hey, how about Beulah? What about Beulah? Has she got a job for the summer? Well, I'm sure she has. Anybody that can cook like she can won't have to stand in line for a job. But uh, let's ask her yeah. anyway. Oh, Beulah? Beulah? Beulah, all present or accounted for, ma'am. Hey, Jula, we were just wondering what your plans were for the summer. Oh, I'm just going to stay home and cook for Papa. <laughs> yeah, you see, we got a family arrangement. Uh-huh. Every summer, one of us gals stay home and cook for Papa. <laughs> it's my turn this year. Oh. How many sisters have you, Beulah? Nine, ma'am. Oh. <laughs> Think of seeing Papa again after all these years. <laughs> Too bad you're staying home, Beulah. You could pick up a pretty fancy hunk of folding money the way you handle that ever-loving oven. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. I know. <laughs> I could have I gone to work for Miss and Mr. Toops again this summer, but the situation wasn't any too copacetic. Uh, what do you mean, Beulah? Well, Mr. Toops, he's really a nice man. He said he got a yen for some of my cooking. Well, what's the matter with that? Well, sir, I look up yen in a dictionary, and it says yen is Japanese money, and who want to get paid off in that, sir? <laughs> Old Star Spangle Mazuma, good enough for you. Well, uh, we'll miss your cooking ourselves, Beulah, out there on that ranch. I went on a witch. <laughs> on a ranch, Beulah. We're going to work on a ranch this summer, you know, with a yippee tie and a bang, bang, bang. Well, for goodness sake. Mm. <laughs> you mean you go climb up on one of them big saddles with a big bump on the front of it? <laughs> That's a horn, Beulah. Say it's a who, man? <laughs> that thing on the front of a western saddle is a horn, Beulah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I always hear about them rootin' tootin' old cowboys, but I never know before what they was tootin'. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you'd be seeing here yeah, this summer go fishing out of Dugan's Lake, sir. Well, his boat is sunk, Buell, and anyway, he wants to be more useful than that. Oh, I could raise that boat for that matter. Just a matter of patching it up a little. My gosh, you know what I paid for that skip in the first place? I paid 4,000... Ouch! <laughs> Cigar coupons. <laughs> Thanks, Molly. You're welcome. What's going on here with people kicking people? <laughs> Just an arrangement we have, Beulah. Mr. McGee is learning not to exaggerate so much. Yeah. Loan me a pair of shin guards sometime, Beulah, and I'll really tell you a yarn. <laughs> okay, sir. And I guess them little old fish in Lake Dewan can wait till he gets back. Well, they've been waiting 15 years. I don't know what difference another summer will make. Yep. I'll go out this fall if you'll make some donuts for bait, Beulah. Excuse me? Whoever heard of using donuts for bait, Beulah? Well, just something I want to try sometime. See if those fish will go for it. Hook, line, and sinker. Oh, listen to the man say hook, line, and sinker. 
love that man. <laughs> The King's Men sing Swingin' on a Star. Listen, my children, hear ye. If you want to be carefree, aim your wagon high. There's no limit to the sky. Would you like to swing on a star? Carry moonbeams home in a jar. And be lots better off than you are. Or would you like to be a mule? A mule is an animal with long, funny ears. He kicks up at anything he hears. His back is brawny and his brain is weak. He's just plain stupid with a stubborn streak. And by the way, if you hate to go to school, 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 you may grow up to be a mule. Or would you like to swing on a star? Carry moonbeams home in a jar. And be lots better off than you are. Or would you like to be a fish? A fish won't do anything but swim in a brook. He can't write his name or read a book. To fool up people is his only thought. And though he's slippery, he still gets caught. But then if that sort of life is what you wish, 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 you may grow up to be a fish. Or would you like to swing on a star? Carry moonbeams home in a jar. And be lots better off than you are. Or would you rather be a goat? A goat is a silly one. Eats a lunch of tin. Bad whiskers on his chin. Bad always butting in. Bad monkeys too might appeal to you. If you like living in a tree, they've nothing to say but to chatter all day. That's no way to be. And all the monkeys aren't in the zoo. Every day you meet quite a few. So you see, it's all up to you. You can be better than a monkey or a fish, a goat or a mule or whatever you wish. You could be swinging on a You know, I can hardly wait to get out on that ranch, Molly, leaping into the saddle at the crack of dawn, chasing them longhorns across the range. Say, don't those longhorn steers frighten you, little McGee? Nah, your horse always knows what to do. Hey, I got a book upstairs that tells all about roping and riding. I'll go get it and you can read all about it. Okay. Ah, there goes a good kid. (laughs) He thinks I'll be nervous out among all those cows and horses and don't think he won't be right. If one of those bulls ever moves at me, I'll... Come in. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Hello, Molly. Where's your 50% of common stock? (laughs) Well, he just went upstairs to get a book, Doctor, about the West. We're spending the summer on a ranch, you know. Yeah, he told me you were, but he's such a prevaricator. He can look you straight in the eye and tell the most gosh-awful whoppers. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to cure him of that, Doctor. Whenever he goes too far, I give him a little kick in the shins and he comes back to earth. Let me help you. I can kick harder than you can. (laughs) No, I think just a gentle reminder is... Oh, McGee, here's a friend of yours. Hi, Errol Smith. Hello, Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> What's this I hear about you and Molly taking the covered wagon trail? You better take the doctor along, McGee, in case you get a case of bucking bronchitis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'd make a big hit out west there. He'd charge him $600 for picking cactus needles out of wherever they've been sticking into. <laughs> and nobody ever walks into them forward. Very amusing, McGee. Your beauty and charm are only exceeded by your wit and humor, all of which could fit comfortably into a five-grain capsule. Did you find the book, dearie? No, I guess I took it back to the library. Hey, where are you going on your vacation, Doc? Are you kidding? Hmm? I'll be lucky if I get a chance to read Terry and the Pirates this summer. <laughs> what do you know about ranch life, McGee? I doubt if you know a spade bit from a whiffle tree. <laughs> 
Listen to the ignoramus, Molly. <laughs> Any child knows there ain't a whiffle tree growing west of the Mississippi. <laughs> See what I mean, Molly? Well, he learned, Doctor, and I'm sorry you won't be able to get away. You'll at least be able to get in a few games of golf, though, I hope. Golf? He can't play golf, Molly. Why can't I, you noisy little nuisance? Because if you get close enough to the ball to hit it, you can't see it. <laughs> and if you stand back where you can see it, you can't reach it. Why, you little... Oh, say, McGee. Huh? Look, in case I get a chance to run out to Dugan's Lake for a morning's fishing, how about my buying that old rowboat of yours? Why, that boat is no good for... No good for simple fishing, Doc. Why, that's a pleasure cruiser. Practically. Too good a boat to fish from. Get it all scratched up. Maybe we're not talking about the same boat, Skippy. <laughs> I mean that evil-smelling pile of driftwood you call a skiff that you've almost drowned both of us with on numerous occasions. Oh, he wouldn't sell you that boat, Doctor, because it's absolutely... Now, wait a minute, Molly. To a good friend like Doc here, I might sell it. If I could borrow it back, sometimes. How much you give me for it? How much you want for it? How much you give me? How much you want? Well, let me see. It's a wonderful boat. Beautifully broke in. In 12 places. Oh. I mean, it's easy to handle. You can use the oars from any place in the boat. On account of the oar locks are busted and you don't have to sit in any particular spot. Spare me the gruesome details. How much? Well, let me see. You being an old friend of the... No, no, no. Give me a stranger's price. <laughs> How about five bucks? Five bucks? Why, that's an insult, Doc Gamble. That boat is worth at least 75... Ouch! Ah! Seventy-five cents. Sold. Here's a dollar. Keep the change. Have a nice summer. I'll see you in October. Goodbye. My gosh, my. Gee whiz, Molly. Aside from spoiling a good sale, did you have to kick me so hard? I wasn't exaggerating so Why, much. Why, McGee, I didn't kick you. I was ten feet away from you. What? You mean Doc kicked me? Why, that dirty double-dealing chiseler knew our arrangement. Why, of all the nasty conniving double... Those of you who used your Johnson's Wax this week, did any of you forget to put the lid back on the package tightly? It's a good thing to do this because it prevents evaporation. will make your Johnson's Wax last even longer. As a matter of fact, a can or bottle of Johnson's liquid or paste wax does last a long time, doesn't it? That's because a little goes a long way. And really, you get a better result on your floors, furniture, and woodwork if you use the wax sparingly, entirely aside from the economy involved. Polishing is easier, and you get that lovely soft sheen that is so much admired. It takes very little wax to give a tough protective shield that guards wood, metal, and leather surfaces against wear, dirt, and moisture. And with Johnson's Wax, you can easily touch up those heavy traffic areas as often as necessary without having to re-wax an entire floor. So use your wax sparingly and make sure the lid is on tight when you put it away. Well, folks, this is where we say so long for a couple of months. But there will still be a Johnson Wax program carrying on at the same time every week. And a good one, too. Yes, it's called Words at War. And in cooperation with the Council on Books in Wartime, presents the dramatization and narration of the most interesting books printed about this war. They will be introduced by Carl Van Doren, whose biography of Benjamin Franklin won the Pulitzer Prize. Next week's show will be based on H.E. Bates' book, Fair Stood the Wind for France. We think it will be a great series of programs, and we'll be listening. So until next October, when we'll be back with the most stupendous, colossal... Ouch! <laughs> Coats of tan you ever saw. <laughs> we'll say good night. Good night, all. Yeah. 
The character of Mr. Wellington heard on this program was played by Ransom Sherman. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax for Home and Industry, inviting you to listen in again next Tuesday night when you will hear Words at War, based on A.T. Bates' book, Fair Stood the Wind for France. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Thank you.